Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a special Halloween episode on November 13th. Did I catch anyone else for a loop? Um, I, One, you actually said that, which I'm surprised you actually like. I know, I said I was going to say it before and I came through. All right, run it back. Play the music again. Let's run it back. Let's do it one more time. Take two. We're still recording, but take two. I, I can't say the Halloween thing? No, 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 no. Oh, here we go. Shh. Miles got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into another Roundtable podcast episode. I believe this is, what is this, boys? Number five zero? I believe it's the big five Number zero. Number 50? I like, my t- I like mine better. Yeah. Psh. So, it's November 13th? Oh, 13th, Halloween baby. Episode. 11th. 30 in the morning. We're doing this a little early again. Saturday. We're doing yeah, this that's on Saturday again. That's the other point I wanted to make fun of Zach for. It comes in with a good afternoon. We're recording in the morning, and historically, we release the episodes in the morning. We have a special so Halloween maybe episode. Maybe I'll. Here. <laughs> <laughs> <The> special <laughs> we talked about Halloween costumes last time. Yeah, we did. Oh, and, and Brooks did the well other, on the, the other on the thing Twitter. we want to. The other thing we want to. Um, your thing. Don't worry okay, about me yeah, over this, here. You guys keep this talking. whole this whole uh, arm that my, Zach's mic, not Zach's Miles' arm mic is. I've really set him up for failure with this plastic table. We're that gonna just let Miles hold it. Yeah, we're just gonna let him hold the, the arm. Um, God, I've lost my whole frame. Should we just restart? No, this is kind of no. funny. It's a little spitball. I'll go. Little spitball. I, no, 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 okay. I got, I got, Other I thing I want to make fun of Zach for. Um, it'll be our first poll that we'll tweet out pretty early today. Have, have you seen Harry Potter? And is Zach a clown for not having seen any Harry Potter movies? Uh, there's two answers to that. Yes, yes people have yes. seen. Yes, people have seen it. Maybe I'm a clown. I don't know. They're long. They're long movies. They're long books. If you're not in it early, I feel like it's hard to get into it. And I want to. They're they're long movies. They're like two and a half hours. That's a long movie to me. I'm usually into like the indie ones on on Netflix. Are like an hour and a half. You're in, you're out, like that. Um, anything over like two fifteen is usually long to me. Uh. But I'm I'm gonna try to watch them soon with with the lady and her roommates. Um, we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll report back with like Harry Potter insights per like I'll watch like a, a movie or two and then come back in and just do that weekly. I don't know. But uh, while Joe researches the times to yell at me because I'm still sure they're over two and a half hours. Only so far, only like one of them is. It's long. Um, Miles is still literally wrestling with his arm. Is it good? Sloppy start to the podcast. We're in business. It's fine. Um, so we're doing the three take thing per usual. That's the new the new format, the new norm around here. We've been liking it. Um, promotes a little bit of more structured conversation than me rambling. I mean, clearly, you, we we all heard that bad intro that we had to redo. <sighs> it's a special Halloween episode. Um, so three takes. Uh, we're going counterclockwise around the table. Me, Miles, Joe. Same thing as last time. Until we get a phone or something where we're going to film, they can't see us, so you don't necessarily have to tell them the order we're going in. Counterclockwise. Direction. You guys can okay. see where we're sitting. We're not even at a round table. It's still a rectangular table. Yeah, It's a rectangular podcast. Uh, first take for me is, I was going to go Celtics first, but I'm going to bring up OBJ because you said you had an OBJ point that you wanted to use on air. I mean, it's slightly OBJ related, but okay. yeah. <laughs> it's um, OBJ adjacent. As we were getting on the air, Evan Lazar tweeted out a story saying that the Patriots were never that close to OBJ. They had preliminary talks and they were extremely, extremely interested, but OBJ just wasn't that interested in them back. Um, he's looking for a Super Bowl contender with a better quarterback than Mac Jones. And sources say he likes Mac Jones, but doesn't have the time to wait around and let Mac develop, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that was my thing is that Joe wrote up a good point that a lot of the week you heard 
Belichick and Brady people, and Brady, Belichick and Patriots people pushing the Odell stuff like Lewis Riddick. Um, I I said fuck Lewis Riddick before I got on the air, but Joe brought Tom, up a good point. Tom Curran. Tom Curran was pushing it. Evan Lazar was pushing it. Like Patriots centric people were pushing the, the Odell thing. But you never heard Odell from the. Uh, you never heard Patriots from the Odell people like uh, Diana Rossini, Justina Anderson, and Justina Anderson, like people who talk to the players. Um, I thought that was interesting. That was a good point. It shows the Patriots are probably still a little bit away from Super Bowl contention in a lot of people's eyes. I think the AFC is wide open and they could easily get to the, the championship this year, the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't think that's... Maybe the AFC championship game is a little more realistic than the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's, strong. it's wide open enough that my take I mean, is I that, don't think they will, but I get what you're saying. Is it like there, It's in the realm of possibility. My take is that I think Odell's stupid for not thinking the Patriots are uh, a winnable team right now. I think he would unlock this offense tremendously, really. Um, and it's tough because I want to say he's like the key to the cog and he would make the offense run really smoothly, but Odell's not Giants Odell. So I'm aware of that. So I've been like, I've been on the fence a little bit about this take, but I'm just going to go with it anyway, because fuck it. Who cares? Um, I think if Odell came here, they would have been like top two in the AFC in terms of like power rankings or like teams to beat. I'm surprised he didn't view it like that. Maybe that's. Maybe that shows the difference between bias and how people outside of New England look at the Patriots, but from what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, good running team, offensive line is coming together, Mac is improving, defense is still staunch, um, Matt Judon is a problem, J.C. Jackson has missed their interception, McCourty's playing fine, Hightower's looked better in the last couple of weeks. Like Things are coming together, and I think Odell would have been the icing on the cake there. And so that was a little surprising. that Not, not, necessarily, that, not necessarily that it was... He, that he didn't sign uh, with, with the Patriots. It was more, he didn't even view them as a real viable option. That was a little surprising to me to read. If they were like top two, top three in the finish, I was like, okay, you know, they were in it. He views this as a contender, but it's, it, it is what it is. But we weren't even past the preliminary stage. And I say we as the Patriots because I'm very clearly like the GM. Um, I'm like Belichick second in command. Joe nods. I agree. Uh, so it's a little, it's a little annoying i don't really want to say annoying because i get his point of view it just kind of stinks like all right i think you're i think you're a little misinformed mr mr beckham you could have come here and been what unlocks the offense to bring you to new heights be that guy instead of tagging onto the super team of the rams so okay i was gonna ask you like is there a take coming and the, the take was that odell would have been good here and he overlooked us yes okay um i mean yeah i mean i would disagree that he'd be good here right like the the whole every time when I mean, when we had Brady, like anytime any receiver maybe was going to get dealt, you always were like, "Oh, does they want to complete Brady? Want to complete Brady? Want to complete Brady? 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 Brady?" And I don't have that. Like, you don't have that. But out of all those names that got thrown around, there were two that were like a prototypical fit. One was Odell Beckham. The other was Antonio Brown. Yes, we saw what AB did in one week. Amazing. It was glorious. Yes. So realistically, like we do know that that's like a good, it would have been a good fit. That's I mean, it's kind of annoying to me is like, I've seen, I've seen some people like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's not anyone to take notice of. It's fucking like Rams fans and shit, but like, why would he fit with Mac Jones? Why would he fit with the Patriots offense? Like he's the quintessential Patriots receiver. Runs all your Absolutely. routes. Runs, will go over the middle of the field, go to the slants, go to the quick game, can spread the field deep. Like he does everything for you and that's fine. Like, that's what the Patriots offense is. I think it's, it's obviously the old misnomer that they're only a quick passing game. They, they spread nothing. Like, that's not true. 
I think he would have fit perfectly here. Yeah, I, I mean, just, the thing the know. thing with Odell is that Odell can run, can play out of the, he can play wide, he can play the X, he can play the slot, he can, he can, he runs the full route tree. Like, he does everything. So, like, you can hit him on a quick slant as easily as you can hit him on a deep go or, like, a deep post over the top. Like, he can take the top off the defense and he can move the chains. Like, he does everything you want him to do. So, like, yeah, he would have absolutely, he would have been a great fit. Like, there's no, there was no issue with that for me with fit into the offense. Like, I think that would have been an issue at all. I don't even know if he, like, of course fits one thing, but Odell, injured or not, like, you know, this is prime Odell or now Odell. It's like, he's still, in my, I don't know, in my opinion, he's still the best wide receiver that you would have on the roster. Oh, so absolutely. it's like, for how sure. do you not? You know what I mean? It's like, someone said on Twitter, and I completely agree, it's when, <laughs> I forget who it was, I think it was Matt Chatham. Who's like, oh, I, I like fucking match. I, I like the Matt Chatham is like anti getting a new receiver. I like, yeah, I love the receiving core that we have and whatever. And some guy had a good comment. It's like, oh, so you enjoy the three number three wideouts? Because that's really what Nelson Aguilar is. That's what Kendrick Bourne is. That's, that's what like- Jacoby Myers is. You look at all three of those guys. You well, that's my point. Okay, so you put them on a good team. Put them on the Rams. Where are all those guys slot? Especially after, oh well, that's a little but that's different. What, but no, it's not because you they're look all, at all they're the good, all wide receiver four. That's on the what Rams. I'm, But that's what I mean. You go okay. The Rams even, the, bef- even before go, they got okay, Odell. That's what I mean. The Rams, yeah, over fucking over all, Robert all Woods. Three or, of those guys are probably Woods Cup are above them. But I would think Van who, Jefferson is probably on the same level I would, as them. I would put Myers over Van Jefferson, Jacoby. I don't know about the other. Th- I don't know about but, like okay, so like, like even else, but, but that's okay. I think but Jaco- Jacoby was a thousand yard receiver last year. Okay, on no, a no, bad no. team. See, yeah, but, but that's, Jacoby this also is, is like the most inefficient receiver ever. Okay, but this is this is what I'm trying to make a point of is those guys are threes and fours on good teams. They're not ones and twos like they are currently right now. So, and so you look at and not even the Rams. Go to go to Minnesota. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, those guys. They're still yeah. three and four. You can go over to Tampa Bay. You go over fucking Mike Evans. They're f- exactly. Okay, so like you keep going all these good teams. Maybe even Green Bay. That's the one that I'll give you is because you have Devontae Adams. But Wide even, receiver two there. Right. So Trouble. like maybe those guys could be twos. Yeah, probably. You go over to the Chiefs without Tyreek. You know, they have Miko Hardman. They have, he's uh, better than they have Kels. But Kels is obviously a tight end. So, But he's a wide receiver two in that offense. Realistically, Kels, Kels he's a, a receiver, second but... option. He's a first or second option. He's 1A, 1B with Tyreek Hill. So those guys are probably going to be the third and fourth. But that's my whole thing is you guys, it, or the Patriots have a built-up system of wide receivers that are all threes on good teams. I had this take earlier in the week that I think Odell works so well because everybody is misslotted by one receiver, like, ranking. Jacoby's on a one. I think he's a two. I don't think Aguilar is a one. I think he's like a two, three. Uh, Bourne is not a two. He's a three, three, four. But now you put Odell in there, everyone gets in their correct slot. So I... I disagree that they're all threes. I think Bourne is a three. I think Bourne's a three. Like he's he can win out of the slot. He's quick, but he's not going to take the top off the defense. He's not insanely fast. I think Jacoby's a good two. I think he runs the, the only, whole the only thing. The only thing can, I'll say about Jacoby is Jacoby's a good slot receiver. The issue you run into with that is you saw slot it. receivers on this team. What you have too many slot receivers on the team. If Jacoby's yeah, yeah, yeah. A good slot guy. Jacoby's your Fine. slot guy, and I think the, what you run into is when you don't have a true one. Mac threw like an easy interception into the chest of Stephon Gilmore because you had like arguably one of the top what four corners in the league, yes. even coming off his injury, like absolutely like ran the route for him. Yeah, yeah that was that was bad. <laughs> and it was on it was on your best receiver. So I don't know. I don't mean I don't mean to drag out this take too long. My take would have been Odell would have fit this team perfectly. Yeah, and so, then subsequently made them a real contender with his talent. One coin.
real contender, I think I'm going to... In the AFC, like to get to the AFC Championship game. I don't know about... All right. Because, I mean, Super Bowl, they're still going to Talk gonna about get... Zach getting afraid of me booing him and changing his take. No, no, no. Because I, I think they're still going to get mopped by the Bucs. Like, I don't think I'm stupid. No, I agree. I mean, I just had them as the division winner. So, if I put it at that, if they added Odell and that... I had that take before so, they even were yeah. fully involved in them. So, 100%. I think if Odell comes on this team and joins the offense that they have AFC right now... I don't know, maybe maybe not that far, but they're a playoff contenders 100%, and I think that they have even more, or excuse me, they have even more of a chance to win that division. But, Miles' take. I want, oh, I want, to, I want to bring up my Odell adjacent point. Oh, Go for yeah, it. So, like, you talked, we talked about, like, you know, he was, it was preliminary, it was really Rams, but it was really Rams Packers. Yeah. And all the reports that came out, you know, the next day after the Rams stuff broke was that, like, they showed him the love. They like yeah. figured out their incentives. They made him feel like they actually wanted him versus like the Packers. Does the front office of Green Bay, does this solidify that Rodgers and Adams are gone next year? And did do we think that the the Pat McAfee interview with Rodgers made the front office not want to like go all in on trying to keep him? I didn't think of it that deeply. I think I just... I was just food for thought I was thinking about because everything you heard was it like, oh, like the Packers are his top choice. The Packers are his top choice. He's waiting for the Packers. You had all of these teams keep coming out as like in the woodworks. Like, oh, all these teams are interested. They're all trying. And it very much felt like posturing with everyone dragging it out. Like that was posturing to get more out of someone. And it, it sounds like the get more out of someone was, was Green Bay. Yeah. And I just think that's Green Bay being stupid. Like we, right, but so do we, we know think their front any, office isn't great. So do we think one? I guess my question for you is: Do you think that? Do you think that that them them showing no real interest besides like we'll offer you a minimum contract if you maybe want to come here and not really fighting for it? Do you think that a signed the like the paperwork that or not like uh, like figuratively signed the like you are not like Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. Devonte Adams is not resigning. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, now that you bring it up, maybe. Um, the fact that Adams is going to command so much money this year, I don't know how that really, I don't know. I mean, now I'm kind of a little off guard. Um, cause I didn't think well, it was Cause, Deva- cause Devante was like, Oh, I'm, we're going to like, I want him. Sorry. Plugging in miles. phone here. It's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit off. We're, we're working in, in tandem to get Thanks, miles guys. phone plugged in across the table. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, it's a good way to look at it. I mean, Rogers, being anti-vax and like now and, and I, don't, I don't know if necessarily but like the fact that he like went out did this whole thing I'm sure, the, I'm sure the team wasn't thrilled that he did an interview that got him a lot of negative flack and, he know, and we know he doesn't have a great relationship with the, with the front office as is and didn't Devontae Adams say something this, uh, earlier in the year that he's like I want to get paid wasn't it so, like he had some like press conference interview where he's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a discount like I, yeah. I'm worth what I'm worth I'm going to get paid so maybe I'm just saying I think it might have uh, I think all of this might just be of your final confirmation that the Green Bay Packers are going to look very different next year. Bring uh bring Devonte here, give him twenty million. All right, Miles, my apologies for hijacking your. I know your Miles' take there. already. Oh, or your, your flip to that. I should so say. Uh, I'm going to piggy, uh, piggyback on what I said last weekend, which uh, <sighs> Warriors are making the championship and uh, doubling down, baby. Oh, yeah, no, 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 big time. Last week. Whatever they were. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bang, bang, bang. I don't even have to hear it. Oh, dude. I don't know what the record was last week. Last week. Probably somewhere around six and one. At the time. Like nine or ten and one now. Dude, they're 11 and one. And they just beat the Bulls, who were ranked third defensively. Yes. Zach, answer this question for me. Sure. 
defensive rating. Defensively, where are the Warriors ranked right now this year? Top 10. Joe, what do you think? You want like a, like a Just, range? Or yeah, yeah. It, I'm going to say three. They're number one. Oh. First, defensive. Without Clay, without James Wiseman. Mid, mid. <laughs> one second. I'm going to send. I mean, mid Thompson? This is, this is for Zach, not mid for the Thompson. Tank. So give, here's my take. I, I, this is a coin for me there. I'm, I'm, I'm booing you, though. Give him a coin. Thank you. So, I mean, I just watched the game last night. They played the Bulls. The Bulls are the third-ranked defensive team. Um, Steph Mid-Curry. I mean, they were missing yeah. Vucevic, which I'll give them, but it's like, okay, they're missing Vucevic. Well, the Warriors are missing Clay. Sorry, and they're you're missing, also missing. Boo's a bitch. Boo's a bitch. Vucevic. <laughs> I would yeah, say Vucevic's revolving door on defense. So, I mean, it might look, help them they, might have, they might have scored more points against them if look, I mean, playing. The, the Warriors are legit, and it's fucking crazy how good they are. And, it, I mean, just watching the game last night, Curry is Curry again. He wasn't really shooting that well to begin the season. He had a couple games here and there. But, I mean, last night he Curry scores, never not been he, Curry. He, he, last year, Curry was Curry anyway. I mean, that motherfucker was... Well, that, I mean, he was almost. MVP, I think he was almost MVP. Like... This, is, this goes shit. to show, though, because I mean, he got he, he at least in some of my circles, he got flack for this. But like with Curry, like skipping the Olympics, it goes to show like he did. He probably needed the rest. No, he needed the, the motherfucker hasn't rested in years. And he got They've been hurt. to so many NBA finals. Yeah. The dude hasn't taken a break. I know. That and then he got hurt on top of that, which definitely helped them because then they gave him a top three pick. And I mean, just if you go over, obviously, all the moves that they've had that have set them up to where they are now. Kevin Durant leaves. Or, or they, they are Kevin Durant. Uh, mid. Let's start it off. Uh, Kevin Durant forces his way out, but also still gets them a. No, no, no let's go. Let's trade. go back. Draymond Green kicks LeBron James in the balls. Oh wow, we're going back, back. Then they go seventy-three and nine. Then Kevin Durant joins them. They go on this crazy run. Win then back to back. the Nets try to clear some cap so that they can get Kevin. They did. They give off D'Angelo Russell, who probably shouldn't have even been on the Warriors to begin with. They got lucky getting him with Clay, with Steph, all that kind of shit going on. Clay yeah, hurts it, wasn't himself. It, wasn't it that like they were going to do... They were going to try to flip him they were doing No, weren't, wasn't it like they were doing a sign... I remember because I this was the free agency I went to your house, Zach. Wasn't this like they were... They were going to do a sign-in trade for Durant, and they pissed him off with the offer. Like, I'm worth more than that, you son of a bitch. And they, like, made them give him more. They may have. I don't remember. Who was this from? What do you mean? Kevin Durant, like, the sign-in trade. With who? With the Nets. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> I don't even know what the fucking take is anymore. Why are we talking about 2016? I was ready to go on in this year's car. No, I'm trying to just go. I'm, I'm trying to lead up to how great, like, everything is. Like, My fucking uh, thing is, how are they this good? Because, they were ass last because, year. Let me tell, because this is what I'm trying to tell you is Draymond they have good, all these Curry's different good. Yeah, yeah, but like because they uh, look at they have Andrew was Jordan Poole dude, the second coming of Kobe. No, but that's the thing is you don't, but you can't look at it like that. They have Andrew Wiggins. They have Steph. They have Kevin Looney, who is a legit know, center love, now, Looney. obviously, on, and he's been in that system for fucking literally since the beginning. Obviously, as like was, a, yeah, a bench him. player, and Draft now he them. is what he is. They have. They have the number seven and number 14 pick of this year, which I totally forgot about, Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moses, Moses Moody, Moody, which is like fucking, Moody. which is nuts, because obviously those are two guys that were top 10 picks or could have been. It's crazy. <laughs> Kuminga, have, the, oh my God, they have Jonathan Kuminga. They have that's Kuminga, they have James Wiseman, who's not even playing. Clay's supposed to come back before the fucking Christmas break, which he was supposed to come back after, or at least like on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, no, they're going to be nasty. And then you talk, and, and then they, they, have they, Gary have, kid. they got Gary Payton, who is the second. Dude. Gary Payton is a legit defensive problem. Like, watching him last night in the actual game, I was like, okay, 
he's legit. Like he, not even like he's he's his dad. He's a top whatever. But someone on the call, they were saying one of the commentators, they're like, dude, if he continues to play like he's, there's no reason why he's not going to be on an all defensive team by the end of the year, or at least in his career. He was a two time fucking Pac-12 defensive uh, player of the year, and he was the defensive player of the year in the D League before the D League became the G League. And he's that old. How old is he? At least, or he was like the G League. Right, but I'm pretty sure I said D League. You did say D League, but the D League changed to the D League a while ago. No, so I know, but I'm pretty sure on the stats it oh, said D League defensive. But continue. either way, it's like they got Gary Payton, they have Iggy back in the same system. In as old as he is, he still contributes and does what he does. Draymond is playing at a Raymond's. much fucking higher I shoot level. The shit than out he of the has. ball, dude! I watched him shoot the shit out of the ball. He banged three, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So they got all these dudes, and it's like crazy. Like you said, they got Jordan Poole. They also have um. What's his name? Um, I was just watching him last night, and I, I was like, holy shit. Um, fuck, I can't think of his name. Damian Lee? No, not Damian Lee, because he was out. Um, I didn't watch I can't think. I, just, I, uh, I can't think of his name. But either way, dude, the, the fact that they're the number one ranked defensive team right now. Gary Payton second is 28. Wow. Curry is uh, playing the way that he, you know, it, it looks like vintage. This is vintage Curry, and they don't even have Clay back. They don't even have their number three guy. And it's crazy because they can continue to get even better because they have contracts. They have guys on the bench. They have assets. They have all these young guys that were draft picks. They have Andrew Wiggins as a big contract if they want to flip something like that. They do. They can continue to just get better and better. And it's like, holy shit, the like Warriors. The next, like that next star that the, comes available, you do you package like a first yeah. Wiseman and Wiggins yeah. to like That's what I the mean. match salary and get like anybody. I mean, it, it, everything. Huh? They'll need Kaminga in there too. They're not going to get him for just Wiggins and Wiseman. Oh, I think oh. they would. Because the Wise first is going to be first going to be fucking. Wiseman was a fucking potential number one overall. I'm aware, pick. but he's. I mean, he was. Kaminga does he not was have good, to go. He on was that. good, not great last year. That's Wiggins. Like, is, Wiggins' contract is. That's more is like big, a Jordan Poole or good. like a Moses Moody. I think Maybe you don't give fine. up Kaminga. I think that's it like depends high. on the stars. Oh, I, I I refound out the Durant stuff. I misspoke. It was the other way around. It was going to be a sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell. And Kevin Durant goes, "I am worth more than him. You have to send them a first, or I'm not signing off on oh, the sign what, and trade." Oh, that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was funny. He's like, "I'm worth more than D'Angelo Russell." And then they ended up sending a protected first that they ended up getting to keep. Mm-hmm. So, either way, That's Warriors, fun. like I've said last week, but I just, I needed to double down because after watching last night and seeing that again, their numbers are what they are and they continue to get better. Dude, Warriors, all day. And let me give you a little stat. Two weeks ago, I think, maybe like a week and a half ago, on like, uh, for bets, dude, they were plus 320 to win their division. Plus 3 fucking 20 and they had the Suns and the Lakers. As better, I just off. want to keep this going. Just this is, I mean, now they're at one plus 160, but I they're probably much better odds right now. Yes, either way, Warriors, dude, huge Warriors podcast right here. Let's go, let's go. Uh, Dub Bay Area, Dub Nation, Dub Nation, Dub Nation. All right, um, Who's all right, my turn. Ready for some stats? All right, so, my turn now. Um, oh my god, Zach, I will slit your throat. Um, to win in today's NFL, you need an elite pass catching option. This is your take. This is my take. Does it relate to the fat lineman catching anything, or is it just? No, no. This is my no. This is my first take. It's my first take NFL related. To be a contender, you need an elite pass catching option. So the Patriots are not a contender. No, unless you count Hunter Henry. Nope. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's elite enough. Mid Hunter I call, Midry. I, I don't agree with that. Hunter Midry. Shall I jump into the stats now? I would love to, but I. Can, can potentially we go on the counteract. League real quick? Go ahead. Well, all right. So let's go over the past past five years. Okay. Super Bowls. Yep. We'll go. We'll go in order from most recent to least recent. These are winners. 
These are right. and these are the, in the Super Bowl. And these are the wide receivers that each team had. Pass catching. Yep. Correct. Yep. I assume so. Mike Evans. You're right. Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. Mid. And then you had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Mid. Year before that, Chiefs and Niners. Hill, Kelsey, and Niners had Kittle, Manuel Sanders, and Debo Samuel. I don't think. Excuse me. Uh, I forgot to change the language of this. Elite pass catching talent. It's a little bit different. Like elite talent is different than like a number, like a, like a top five receiver. But you need elite talent at the position. Okay. You basically, I, I don't need, know if Emmanuel no, Sanders this, is considered this is, elite. But see, I don't know. Debo's, this is Kittle and Debo. No, Kittle, absolutely. I'm just saying, I don't. Emmanuel I'm Sanders. Just show, I'm just showing sure, you the ahead. receiver court. Sure. Pats, Rams. This one's a little weird because it was a very low scoring Super Bowl. But you had Gronk and Edelman. Yep. Gronk was Gronk was kind of washed. He was hurt. Yeah, he's washed. But. You had Edelman playing the best he'd ever played ever. Edelman had the Super the, MVP? probably the best playoffs. Literally he'd ever had. tore Ronald Darby. I think it was. He, no, he, was it Darby? No, no not Talib. No, he was. He, he destroyed Talib. He destroyed. He, he destroyed was, everybody. Marcus. Peters. He was cooking whoever was in the slot. He was talking for the Super Bowl. He fucking cooked. Uh, anyways, you had Edelman. Edelman playing probably the best he'd ever played in his career. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and then the Rams had Brandon Cooks. Yep. Robert Woods. And then Koya Cup was towards Cup ACL. Was hurt. Towards ACL Cooks, but Cooks, Cooks and Woods both had this is the this is the Super Bowl I say you had good defenses you had no scoring going on because they didn't truly have like a like the most dynamic of options that let's also remember that the Rams were a top five like offensive team in history so the, that year the pass catching like sure they had Gurley and Gurley was starting to get washed towards the end of the year but the pass catching option I mean even though there was not a lot of scoring they were still elite like Robert they, Woods they, still, they, they had a very good passing offense. Yes, they were very good. So that I will, I will say that they didn't have maybe the most elite of talents at that position once the Super Bowl hit. God damn it. Another call. Yeah, I've been on duty a while. Please hold. So, I agree with Joe, as of right now, at least because <laughs> at the I mean, like, it's, we're gonna keep it going. it's not, it, yeah, dude, of course. It's not, like, wrong, but, I mean, you accompany that. They also have great quarterbacks with that. So, it's like, with those guys besides over- Jared, but that's what I mean. I think besides Jared Goff, I mean, you're talking about Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes in it twice, Jimmy was there. I'm not great. He was but carried like, by a really good defense. And then before that was uh, what? I mean, who was the other four? I can't even think. God. Before the... Uh, Brady was in it twice. Mahomes yep. was in it twice. Yeah. Goff was... Yeah, you're not. You're muted. You're muted. Oh, I'm now muted, he's back. We're back. Russell was in it a while ago. Like, yeah. Okay, continue. All right. So, so, I mean, so, uh, that, so that Super Bowl, I will say, is a little bit of maybe an outlier. 2016. In the past. Yeah, the, pa- the okay. Patriots-Rams. Patriots-Eagles. Eagles win. Uh, Gronk oh, was a, Foles, Gronk dude. was elite that season, that off that playoff run. I didn't mean to say 2016. Sorry, 2018 was the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Eagles, Pats. Uh, Gronk was elite. Gronk had was Brandon Cooks. Amazing. Gronk, he got hurt though in the play in the Super Bowl, and then right, that was Cooks when. And then the Eagles, Eagles were a little weird. They had Alshon Jeffrey, who wasn't elite, but Zach Ertz was having an elite year that year. So that's a little bit of an outlier. And then Patriots, Falcons, Julio, Edelman. Patriots, maybe not, but like Julio was elite. So my take here is that unless you have the goat, you kind of need an elite pass catching option. Unless you're catching lightning in a bottle. So now let's look at this. Can we year. go back to? Can we go back to 2014? What Super Bowl was that? Seahawks, Patriots. We have the goat. So what does it matter? But we had. Gronk, I'm saying on the Seahawks goat. on the other side. Like, do we count anything? Elite from? defense. The most yeah. one of the most elite units we've ever seen. Legion of Boom. Can I also say, uh, how many MVPs were in those Super Bowls? None. Well. Oh, um, uh, like like that year or like just in no general? no no I just mean like throughout those five years, how many like who were the who was the MVP of that of those years? Oh, of, I don't. Were they in the Super Bowl specific season? I'm pretty sure Pat Mahomes was one. Tom Brady was one, 
And then another oh. time it was like Brady was the MVP against the Eagles. And he lost because he no, lost. no MVP has ever won a Super yep. Bowl. And then Matt Ryan against us. He MVP. Got the MVP. Lost. And then Pat Mahomes was the MVP. And then he won that year. He didn't. He won. I think he ended up winning that year in 2018 against the. 2019. Or 2019. No. Was he the MVP? He was the MVP when we, when we beat the Rams. He wasn't the MVP the next okay. year. Who was the MVP next year? Probably someone defensively. Wasn't that Lamar? Yep. Lamar lost. Yeah, because they got whacked by the Titans. Yep. So the MVP has never won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like still a thing. Yeah. I um, just didn't know because, so, because as much as you were saying, obviously, the, the elite receiver thing or the elite pass catcher, I just didn't know if it was like, oh, well, it also probably plays that the MVP is... But does the MVP, also, that's a quarterback, usually win MVP because they have elite pass catching options? I see where you're going with this. But, so, as time, as you get further back, I think this take kind of devolves. I think this is really a last couple of years thing. It's because offense is shifting in the end. Right, because offense is shifting and offenses matters more. So let's look at the favorites this year, shall we? Top your head. Uh, we're, I got five, I have six teams. The, the six highest rated, like, like, odds teams. Who do you think they are? Bucks. Uh, do we want to name the pass catchers with no, those teams? Sure. Bucks, Evans, Godwin, Antonio AB. Brown. Uh, Bills, Stephon Diggs. Yep. Uh, Packers, Devontae Adams. Yep. They've got to be, I was like, they have to be top six. Yep, they're on there. Um, Rams, OBJ. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is like the best receiver in the NFL right now. Robert Woods. Uh, they're plenty good. Tyler Elite. Uh, that's three. Is that four? How many is that? That was four. That was four? Uh, can I get a hint? Um, you had to take about them a couple weeks ago about them being good because they were undefeated. Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, yep. like a Kyler Murray passing to him. They've got Christian Kirk. Uh, AG Green is. Uh, yeah, but they have them. They have DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. They have an elite talent. The conversation starts and ends there. Um, and six would be NFC, NFC or AFC? NFC, NFC. I'm not putting the. I'm not putting the Saints there. I don't care about their record. Uh. I think elite offenses in the NFC. Bucks, Packers, Rams. I'm missing somebody obvious, aren't I? We would love him to be the coach of the Patriots in the future. Cowboys. Yep, oh, uh, CD yep. Lamb, Amari Cooper. CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Those are your Kellen six. Moore, Kellen Moore would be the, the coach in the coach. scenario. Yeah, 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 that's, I love Kellen Moore. CD Lamb um, could be a coach later on. Coin me. What? Ow. To, to compete in the Man. NFL in the last couple of years and moving forward, you need an elite talent at pass catcher. And it needs to, and it's you're better off it be I think you're better off it being a wide receiver than a tight end. Because yes. realistically speaking, the ones that have been tight ends have either lost or have also had an elite pass catcher. Do you know who agrees with you? Fuck who? Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Did you see their conversation? Uh, pretty recently, I forget one that one it was dated to, but Nick Saban. No, I haven't. So Nick Saban please said, gas me up. Nick please. Saban said in in Give today's to football leagues, like I don't know if he included college, but he definitely included the NFL. Um, in, in today's day and age, I mean, it would make sense if he's talking about college too, because look at the receivers he's recruited. The old adage was good defense beats better. Uh, good defense beats good offense. Nowadays, he said good offense beats good defense. Good defenses are set up to fail because of all the rules, and like they just can't compete. Good offenses will always beat good defenses nowadays. And Belichick was like, I don't necessarily disagree. He said something along the lines. Like, he didn't commit to it fully because Belichick is still defensive-minded at heart, all the yada, yada, yada. But effectively, he didn't shoot it down, and Saban believes that, and Saban's like the second-best college, the second-best coach in all of football. 
Belichick won, whatever the fuck how you want to put it, but they agree with you. So I find it ironic. I thought you had already known that coming into the take or something like that, but I did not. Saban said, good offense will always be good defenses in today's day and age. Nah, this take was born from... Which is weird because in 2018... The, the, the Odell good, stuff, the and I had a friend that didn't want Odell, and I was like, you're a clown. Uh, my friend Baldy. Oh, Baldy. Football, 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 basketball league. Yeah, 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 yeah. about the Hawks game. Good guy. Yeah, good guy. He good didn't guy. like... He didn't. He, he thought Odell was good. He just didn't want the headache of Odell. There's not that much of a headache. Odell's not that bad. That's, Anyways. That's completely overblown. That's what I said, but that's not the point. Anyways. Yeah, I'll coin it. That's what I thought. Oh, whoa, 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 you have fat fingers over there. Coin, I hit them both. All right, exactly. I'm going coin. My second take is the Celtics. Cool. They're going to be all right. They're going to be fine. The defense is figuring itself out. They need Tatum to be Tatum. If Tatum is not Tatum, then I think this conversation is moot. Uh, because then, I mean, if you say any team in the league, you'd say, the Warriors will be fine eventually if Curry figures this out. No, like any team in the league who loses their best player and can't play like their best player is then probably ass. Uh, so. Permitting, Tatum figures it out and learns how to shoot a Wilson ball. Shout out Drew Hanlon. I think they'll be fine. The defense has come around. They have elite defenders at every position. They have Smart at point guard, who should still be an all-NBA defender. Uh, Schroeder is not necessarily elite, but he's a really good point of attack defender. On ball, off ball, he's a little bit of trouble. I think he gets disengaged, but on ball, he's scrappy. He's quick. He's tough. Like it there. Uh, shooting guard, you have Jalen, and then you also have Smart mixing in as combo guard. Jalen is, I don't care about Jalen's off-ball stuff. On ball, when Jalen wants to defend, he will lock your ass up. Jalen is fine. I think it's about him trying to balance offense and defense because he's never had to do it at an elite level. He's always been a really good defender or a really good offensive player, but now he has to combine both because he's the leader of the team, yada, yada, yada. Small forward, um, I will throw Langford in here because Langford is an elite defender. I don't care. Romeo is... He's got length. Romeo is a menace defensively. Um, if the guy could ever figure out... also. Elite hair. Love the hair. Romeo was a great hair. Elite hair. Great hair guy. Uh, Tatum should have been an all, on an all-NBA defensive team a while ago. His defense dropped after COVID, which is scary because it means one of two things. COVID fucked him up for good because he hasn't been as good defensively as he should have been since he got COVID, and that was like almost a calendar year ago. Or Tatum's defensive thing, being like Tatum being good defensively, was kind of a fluke, which... I don't know. I think it's probably COVID and him ramping himself back up. And again, like Jalen, learning how to be good offensively and defensively. I don't know. He was really good defensively against the Raptors on Wednesday. He's been, he's been this year has been a resurgence, which is yeah. a big plus. But at the end of last year, it dropped off hard. But that's also it coincided with Jalen getting hurt conditioning. and Tatum getting COVID and usage going way up on offense. Yada yada yada. Uh, power forward Al, elite defensively is gonna is if he continues like this, will be an on an all on an all NBA defensive team. I don't care what Dello says. Fuck that take. If this continues, he will be. I had, I, I mean, I had clarification conversation with Dell about that take. It was more so that, like, how, like, getting older does that help you really long, long term? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't worry about. It. Kemba's gone after this year anyway, so get the fuck Kemba's contract. Get the fuck out of here. He's bad for the Knicks. He's shooting under forty percent from the Knicks, and they want to kill. I told, him. I told Dello the take that he really should have had is that uh, the Josh Richardson, the Josh Richardson trade. I still think that's fine. I'm not, I'm not no. sure that he. Uh, he blocks, hate. he blocks Romeo. He blocks Neesmith. Get him the fuck out of here. Um, I think that's more on. Email. Email. But regardless, and then Rob, elite defender at center, uh, and you can mix uh, Horford back in there, and you can mix them how they want because the lineups go big, small. They have elite defenders at every position. I just named an elite defender at every position. They will be a top five defense, and Ime is a good defensive coach if they lock in and get it correctly. Last night was a bit of a step back against a, a mediocre Bucks team without 
Giannis and Chris Middleton. Very good shooters, though. But they move the ball like motherfuckers. They play... And they hit open, they Scal- hit open shooters. Scal said they play like a mid-major college team, and it could not have been more correct. That is like the quintessential team basketball team when Giannis and Chris Middleton aren't there. They swing the ball everywhere. Constant cutting, constant motion. They don't stop moving, and it's hard to defend them. They'll always get caught, get you up caught in switches. Um, but besides ready, that... Ready to talk about Tatum? So, I'm getting there. So, they locked up uh, the Mavs. They were fine there. Locked up the Raptors. They locked up the Magic. They held like three straight teams under 100 points. Hard to do in today's NBA. I don't care about who's on the court. So, Everyone's big, professional. Yes, big plus. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Tatum, you're going to get to his regression shit. I'm going to more get to the fact you have to figure it the fuck out because he's kind of hot and cold right now and they cannot afford him to be hot and cold while Jalen's out. Jalen will be back in a week or so. His hamstring's not that bad at all, he said. But Tatum is... We'll, we'll have a little bit of argument here. Maybe this will be good for podcasting because um, I'm going to... Rebuke what you're going to say. Rebuke. Isn't it rebuke? It is rebuke. Rebuke. I was going to say rebut. Our, our, I was going to rebut. Our writer can spell. He can't speak. I was going to say rebut, but I said rebuke. So rebuke. Um, you know what, Joe? Give me, give me your take. I think they'll be fine. Tatum has to figure it out. But Joe, your take, because this will play into what I'm going to say. Tatum shots, Tatum's shot selection has regressed. Jack, I know you called, You said it was a terrible take. I think you're wrong. I don't think it's terrible. I think no, no. I think his no, no. Oh, you don't think the takes? Yeah, terrible. Jack's, Jack's his shot trouble. selection has regressed, and I think it's a. I think what actually. I'm not saying it's necessarily. It's. I think what happens is. The mis. The, this whole like, Tatum's gonna bully ball, bully ball, bully ball. Ime, who bully ball? We focus on this. Way blah, in blah, his blah. head. I think that was a complete mistake. Way in his head. They I have think, a plan like I Julius Randle. This was something where. There's two trains of thoughts and ways to improve in anything in life, really. Sure. You either maximize what you're good at or you work on your weaknesses. Sure. They should never have tried to get Tatum into this, like, I'm going to body people. That's not his game. It's never been his game. No. He's a 6'9", 6'10 guy that avoids contact. And is generational for it. So my whole thing is he just needs six Ime, because I'm, I blame Ime for this a lot, I think. They need to accept that he's a guy that needs, that needs to avoid contact at the rim. I don't mind that he got stronger. And that, that strength is better served as a way to ensure that he gets a shot off when he does get hacked. Yes. That way he can get to the line. He's never been a guy that gets to the line a ton. He avoids at the, contact. At the end of last year, he was getting that way. But I think... But it was, like a, it was people getting frustrated and just like hacking him because he was getting by them. Yeah. Instead of him trying to go through people. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. Is it like... This whole bully ball post up go through people, that's not Tatum's game. I Never don't think it, I don't think it ever will. I, I, don't. I don't think this I I think you could focus on this all year and it will never work. It's I, just not the way he is. He gets way too in his head. Don't disagree. The second all. he gets hacked and he doesn't get a call, pissed. He's fucking he's cry, baby. mental like he's a mental putty. midget. Like literally he he's his his mental strength Sorry, turns to putty mental, at that point. Uh, little, little person. person. He literally like it's it's terrible. So I think that was a huge mistake. It gets him frustrated. And then when he gets frustrated is when his shot selection regresses to, I'm going to take, I need to get going. I went one of five from in the fourth quarter and overtime. And all I shot was bad step backs. And that's him trying to get himself going. So my rebuttal to this, my rebuke pronounced correctly. I think he just needs to completely get away from this bully ball thing and get back to, I'm going to Euro step and sidestep people in the lane and get past them and like lay it in well, instead he had of that, trying to go over. People. He had that dirty ass fucking uh, what's it called Euro step last night. They were on yeah, an eleven. To, uh, he was not there yeah, on an eleven finish. to that two was, run, and that then, was the shot that made me like 
confirm this that I was going to bring this up if you brought up Celtics. Was so, he, he, that is his game. It will always be his game. Get this like he, bully ball shit out of here. I wish he'd just do what he did like after that play too when he probably got fouled where he just kind of like threw his hands up for a second and then threw him down and he started laughing running back up the court. I'm like, can you just do that more than fucking crying and standing that's what, there and That's where his strength is better served is I got past you. You went, oh shit, swiped in my arm and I went, oh, all right, well, I'm strong enough to get through you. I'm going to lay it in. Instead of like, I'm just going to jump through you and try to get a shot off and get fouled. And then, because they're not calling it this year for anybody. Yeah, the, it's league wide down. And then you add the fact that he's historically never gotten calls. So, my, my take alongside this is that his shot selection has not necessarily regressed. It looks worse because his offense as a whole has changed. I will get to the bully ball thing in a second because I agree with you on that one. Um, when Tatum's not hitting shots, well, that's Tatum's game. Tatum hits shots. He's a generational shooter for his size. Like He's the best pull-up shooter for his size in the league, and we've never seen someone do it on this, this volume with this efficiency. Uh, in terms of like three points shooting stuff on pull-ups. That's Tatum's game. It makes people respect like the, the step-back sidestep thing. When those are falling, it then makes people overplay that and he can drive by them. And then when drive by, making people drive by, it allows him to step, set up a step-back. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship there. So I think when one doesn't work, the other will then inherently become like less efficient just because like, that's how Tatum's game is. Um, so I... You know whose game's not like that? Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown. Okay. Well, I'm J- I, Jalen's my favorite player. But Jalen Brown could be your better player. So, so, um, in terms of bully ball shit, I think, I think as long as Tatum starts hitting shots again, like, open shots that he can normally hit, then he'll be fine. I think you'll see his game return to normal. The bully ball shit, I think it's starting to slowly, like, regress back to the norm. Like, I don't think he's playing as much bully ball as Ime made him and as much as he was in the beginning of the season. Because we saw last night, we saw um, Rob set a high pick and roll above the break for him, and Tatum walked into a three and drilled it. And like That's what you saw a lot of last year, because people... Because then you make the, the, the bigs come up and defend, and it, it throws a whole fucking defense out of whack. I don't know how I have to get into this for an NBA coach. When I don't... I sometimes doubt my own NBA knowledge. Like if, Ime should know this. Just run high pick and roll for Tatum like all the time if he's hitting shots. It'll be amazing. Back to the bully ball thing. Do not play him like he's Julius Randle. He's a generational shooter for his size and pull-up ability. Play him like that. Don't put him on the block. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not going to pound dudes in there. And I had an argument with Jack about this. The argument was strong. We had a disagreement in uh, DMs. It was not on the timeline. I tweeted, um, or I, re- I retweeted something from um, an account I follow, and it was like, why is, why is Hayden playing like Julius Randle? Eme is like, washed his shit. Like, get him the fuck out of here. I retweeted that. Um, I don't agree that Tatum should be playing like Julius Randle. Jack then DM'd me and was like, nah, Tatum needs to adjust. That's bullshit. Tatum needs to stop playing like a pussy. And I'm like, he's like, I agree with the bully ball thing. Stop being a bitch. Go to the line and like go through people. You're a big ass dude. You're strong as shit. Like 6'10", built as fuck now. And I was like, that's great. That's great and all. I'm like, and he's like, your best players have to be a little adapt. I'm like, I agree. However, your best players have to be set up for success too. Like, you don't see fucking, the, you don't see, I put this in a couple different ways. You don't see Anthony Davis getting put out on three-point line, running around, coming off screens and shit because they want to be a little more mobile and shoot more by the Lakers. You don't see Curry going into the post. You don't see Julius Randle playing Tatum's game. You say you see Julius Randle playing Julius Randle's game. You play to your best player's strengths because that maximizes them the most. Right. You, ma- you maximize what you're good at. So Tatum's not a bitch for not being able to adjust fucking 10 games in. Like, I agree. I disagree with Jack there. I'm like, that is on email for 
changing Tatum's entire game and how he's played in the NBA for four and a half years. I'm like, that is brain dead. If he wants him to incorporate more bully ball, sure. Don't play like a bitch. Go, and when you get contact, absorb it and go through it. That's what the muscle's for. Could not agree more. I don't want the plays initiating out of Tatum in the post and Tatum on the block because then it's stupid. It takes away Tatum being a setback threat behind the line and making people guard him out there. It stretches the defense. When you put Tatum inside the line and put him with the block, spacing gets fucked up because then your best shooter is now inside the three-point line. That makes no sense. So that is my that is my beef with Ime. I think that's why the shot selection has looked a little wonky. Re- re- regressed. Regressed can be another word. I will say wonky. It's a funny word to say. It's regressed. Um, I think there's multiple factors to it. I think it'll sort itself out when Tatum starts hitting shots again. That's all. Um, from there, I guess... All right, we'll, all right. We'll give you... Begrudgingly. Miles? Okay. He gave you a, he gave you a little fist bump. Okay. Um, that's it. That's all. They'll be fine. Defense will be good. Tatum has figured out, and Jalen is still really good. All right, Miles, hit me. What do you got? Um, oh, Go ahead, Zach. I want to get my last point. Oh, out. my No, it's God. like... It's 10 seconds. I am encouraged that Ime went away from the switch everything defense. That's all. I thought he'd be really stubborn. He didn't. He wasn't. He went away from the switch everything defense. Defense is better now. They're not switching as much. That's all. Four ten. That was eight seconds. Let's fucking go. Thank um, you. So I guess my take. I'm just spit spitballing here. Uh, I think that Jason Tatum cannot win alone. And anybody can win alone. Is no, that wrong? No, but I mean, like, with this like team currently, and I think they can. I mean, there's certain players like Giannis, and I'm not Giannis sure he's not. You know LeBron, but I'm fucking just saying. Like I don't know, you look up. at what happened last night and shit. Sure, it's a certain like it's a weird game, and like you said, the Bucks are hard to defend, specifically like when they do play the style that they did. But I mean, I don't know. Like you were missing JB, and they were missing Giannis and Chris Middleton, and they oh, basically yeah. had they didn't defend. They had twenty four seven balling on your ass last night. Grayson Allen, and then. <laughs> Pat Connaughton. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. Are you wait, like, wait, so, so what's the take? Say it again, because I that, think I agree with you. My take is that I don't think that this team, the way that it's it's built currently, like, God forbid something happens to JB, or, like, people say, like, oh, well, you trade JB for something. It's like, well, we could, and depending on who that other player is, sure, but I just, like, Jason Tatum, as highly praised as he is, everyone wants to say he's, like, a top fucking five, like, no, under top. 20, whatever. No, oh, I mean, oh. under, like, what? He is. He's, he's a top three, under 20, like, 25, under 24, 125, yeah, whatever. It's him and Luca. But it's, oh, like, I, I just feel like at the end of the day, you watch last night's game, he played well, obviously. He did what he had to do, but it was, like, Schroeder was obviously the... Yeah, he had the hot hand. Yeah, he was, he was the man last night, and it's just, like, That's I don't fine. know. I, he had the hot hand. I just... If you, if you bring up James, James as, not 20, under 25. As much as I love Jason Tatum, and he still is my favorite player, and he's slowly losing that because JB is fucking... I've been <laughs> on JB since... balling right now. It's like, I just... I can't see a way that Jason Tatum... Uh, I don't know. I, I just can't... If anything were to happen, or if he was to try to go on his own team, I don't think he'd be able to, like... I don't think he could do it. I don't think anybody can. I'm sort of coming to the conclusion. I haven't fully gotten there yet, but maybe I will through this conversation. Jason Tatum is too inefficient to be the number one. Kobe was inefficient. Kobe, yeah, Kobe, Kobe only won with help. I think anybody only wins with help. I don't think anybody's ever won alone in the NBA. No, no, no. no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I think I, I kind you of, have. I mean, I don't know if I want to go full, full tilt here. I think. What I want to get at is 
you should have concerns that Jason Tatum is as inefficient as he is, and I am not sure he is built to be your number one option on I a dis- team, on a on a winning team. I disagree. I think we're we're now completely overblowing this. Tatum has not been good this year. No, but he's never been efficient. Last year he was perfectly. He was forty six percent from the field. I'll take that any day of the week. Anything over forty five is is fine with me. I'd like. I mean, sure, you'd like the only people I see on high shot volume that is high efficiency is like Curry. Kyrie, so my, thi- my thing is that Durant, like you don't you don't last see... year he was 46 39 87 I will take that and he was 27 points a game eight boards eight boards four assists I, I'm not saying he's not good but what I'm saying that is, is efficient enough for me I don't think I have ever watched a game where Tatum put up a like nine of like 15 from the field I've or nine that. of like I've watched that a lot he always has a lot more shot attempts so I mean I've seen those games. On high shot attempts, anything above 45, 46 for me is fine. He takes a shit ton of shots. No, but I see, but I can, that's not even what I'm saying. Like, and I've seen plenty of games where Tatum's fucking 13 of 21, and I'm like, all right, he balled the fuck out. He did his thing, like, whatever. And he comes out of the game with like 37 plus points. Tatum had like, three 50 point games in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Last year. No, I, yeah, I get that. I think we're overreacting a little bit. I, well, he took a my, game off the Nets by himself with yeah, Kyrie, just Harden, and, and Durant. Hey, but this is this all could change if he figures it out again. But like I'm getting concerned about his efficiency. That's all I'm really trying to get at. Okay. Well, that's not my take. So Joe's scared <laughs> about his efficiency. That's not what I'm trying to say. Okay. My thing is that I believe with the way that the team is constructed and with Jalen Bur- or Jalen or Jesus Christ, Jalen Jalen Jason Tatum's strengths and his weaknesses, I just think that he has to have certain he has to have certain parts and players around him that make him like or set him up for his certain shots. Like, yeah. yes, he's an off-the-ball. He can do off-ball. He can play with it, obviously, in his hands, and he's creative enough where he can drive, and he can also set up his own shot. I give that to him. Again, Jason Tatum is obviously, like, one of my favorite players for a reason, and, like, I've felt that way since he's been on the team and he's been in the league. But I just think that, again, he couldn't go to any team. Like, for example, I think, like, if Luka him switched spots, I don't think he'd be doing the same. I st- I think Luka's Luka, not efficient. But that Luka, and he isn't. I know Luka's, Luka's not efficient, but he Luka, but still people put Luka above Jason Tatum, and they also see him as, like, a top five potential player right now. No one has said that about Jason no, Tatum No, I think Luka's ever. better than Tatum. Luka's better than Tatum, yeah. But that's, but, and sure, two different players, two different play styles, but at the same time, it's just like... Luka's a generational when, passer. Right, and he... Tatum's and not. Tatum's not, but he's... A lot better than people are giving him credit for, and yes. people give him credit for it currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I agree. With I just you. think I, that I'm agreeing with you, and I think the reason why I'm agreeing with you is I don't think he's efficient enough to be like the for him to carry this team the way it's constructed. My I thing, agree with that. I so, think if he had more shooters around him that could like consistently hit when he makes those cross court passes. I'd feel better about his efficiency. That's what I mean. Okay, so yeah, I, I mean, true. Sure. I agree with that. I that, guess that's my, where I'm going. My ultimate this. take that I will say and just end it is that without Jalen Brown, I think we've seen like the ceiling of what those two guys can do together and everything. This team is constructed a lot differently than obviously last year, and I think it's a lot better than last year's team. And if everyone can just stay healthy and do what they've done, obviously their record I don't think shows what they're capable of. And like Zach said, the last three out of the four games holding teams under fucking 100 points is hard to do no matter what team you play, especially in this day and age in the NBA. And the Bucks were only 101 points. And 101 points, and that's, again... Yep, we get a bad, bad... And who knows? Again, it was a bad game, whatever. Like, they could have done better, and that's without JB. Who knows what happens with JB that could have held them under fucking, again, 90 points. Who knows? Or even, like, 95, whatever. But 
I, I just, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the Celtics are good. Obviously, I think Jason Tatum's great, but okay, just, so they, they can't. He can't win without. I think that we've seen the ceiling of those two guys. They need another player, or I think it's. It's like Easter. It's division series and or like not division, but it's like Conference semifinals oh. and it's like fucking or bust. I, they need something else, and without Jalen Brown, I don't think that it they fall even further. That's my thing. Assuming the take is that Tatum needs Jalen to win in this league, needs Jalen, and he need I think, and then ultimately the team needs something. They need another. They need something else because those one guy you, Jaylen, Jason Tatum gets triple teamed. And it's like, what? What are we fucking left okay, with? I'll Marcus g- Smart. Throw, you want to talk about inefficient? Holy yeah. fuck! I'll give a. Well, also, you get like that. That's part of why I think like they need shooters because like the whole thing is like they go to the fourth. And part of this, I I blame. I've I've said this. I said this last episode about Ime like getting away from like Jalen in the fourth. Is that like you get Tatum double and triple teamed, and they don't know what to do. Tatum forces up a bad shot because he knows the guy he passes to isn't going to make the shot. So like. Look, I'll be honest. I was in the car driving when I heard. I'm with you. When I heard the last that final shot Tatum took, but then I watched it and I was like, they made it sound a lot worse. And it I thought fine. it. I liked the shot. I mean, he obviously he beat he beat Bobby Portis and he had him shook and he it was just the off one foot. Fading I've seen away. Tatum hit that like, so many times. I know, and like, I I mean off the. I would have thought watching it live, I would have thought, oh, fuck, that's going in. The fact that he front-rimmed it, I was like, ugh. Oh, I mean, I watched it live, I had no faith that was going in. So in terms of creativity, I would, for the last shot, I would have like, I would like any time in the fourth quarter, late, like it's, it, the Celtics defact, uh, defect? Default. It's, I'm so tired, it's not even funny, I was up to like three last night. Uh, the Celtics default on the last possession of the game, we've seen it hundreds of times. They isolate him, and then they isolate him, and does. Him. And, he, and spoiler, he won't hit it. He's hit like a couple. He hit one against the Bucks. He hit one against the Blazers. Banked one year. in against the Bucks, and then he he drilled one against the Blazers. That was a tough shot. But yes, so what is he like? Two of a thousand. Yeah, I know. Two of like a hundred. Like let's. So my problem here is that I would like to see more creativity on the last shot of the game. However, in terms of Tatum isos, that is probably one of the better ones I've watched. Tatum got open, wide open. Bobby Portis wasn't fucking. Yeah, again, I agree. Like once I watched it, and you see it, and you actually like can I don't know. Or digest the whole fucking. Like, I'm, ju- I'm, just, I'm just sick of seeing the, the isolation sidestep. I would step like, back and yeah, I would, I would like more creativity. And it on historically, the last, hasn't worked on the last shot, but in terms of like Tatum shots that I've seen, that was probably fine with me. Okay, ultimate take: Jason Tatum can't win without Jalen Brown. The Celtics can't win with both of those guys, or expect to go to the championship or win anything if it's just going to be those two guys as your number one and number two. They need a third option, and they need someone else to be potentially that guy. It's not, they can't. I don't think Especially they, with the way that this team is structured right now. You don't have another third. Smart's way too inefficient. Al Horford is good, but he's like not. You Zach's, don't, you don't Zach's have, you fucking, don't, I don't know. You don't have the secondary scoring. You I, don't have it. That's my thing. I don't think they need a third star. I think they need some, I think they need shooters. Okay, so that's, so they need something else. Okay, like, I agree with that. Because when they, when those two guys go cold or one of them goes cold and the fact that they do this back and forth, like, okay, my turn, I'm going to shoot it. Oh, I missed. Okay, JB, here you go. Now it's your turn. He makes it and now like JB's getting hot and yeah, Jason you need, Tatum you need sucks, either. But you're going to go back and forth. It's like, well, just let one of the fucking guys get hot and then play. You need you need secondary. You either need a you either need a more, out, more shooting around you them. Need more shooting, and then like you just hope that like Rob continues to take like another step, and it's like the third star type player with He's his wrong. passing Celtics and maybe do a jump shot. You guys aren't giving me the fucking shit I need. Pump it in my veins, Celtics. Give me the, the Celtics, fucking. Give it to me. The Celtics should be better than five hundred. A lot of that comes with Ime wanting to switch everything like a dope, and Tatum not being able to play. 
Ted right, being prime fucking year, next take. Prime semi We'll Move it along. That was a long one. What do we have for time on this? Oh, God. We are at uh, coming up on an hour, 55 okay. minutes. We got hour what? We're at 55 minutes. Oh, I thought it was an hour and 55. I was like, oh, I was like I'm going home. Lightning like, round. I'm leaving. Bitch. Lightning uh, round this bitch. takes and we're out. All right. All right. Uh, my this, second take. Yeah. Let's write lightning round this. All right. Second take. The NFL needs to rework their CBA, their league calendar, all this nonsense. Uh, how much fun? Stressful because we were like, involved in it. But how much fun was the Odell Beckham saga? Oh, it was really fun. Of course, it was cool. For I wanted moment. to. I wanted to hang myself, but it was fun. So, they need to rework their CBA. They need to rework their league calendar. They got to make. They got to make it more fun. That's my take. In terms it's, of like deadlines, stuff? in terms of like free agency, oh, trade sure. deadlines, all of these things, like more. Make it so you can more tampering, so you get like flurry of deals. Like make it so there's like an explosion of deals when the moratorium expires. Make it on like a Friday night, so it's like a night. It's like a you like watch the special and like a shit ton of stuff's popping off. Um. Let all the rumors and deals all get leaked at once. Let vested veterans, regardless, even after the trade deadline, don't make them go through waivers. They that, would, be, that would be a good change. They would just be free agents. Like, and I, then I don't, and I, I haven't like. Why did Odell have to go through waivers? Because it was after the trade deadline. No, I know that. Stupid, I mean, like, I agree. Rhetorical. Like, why the fuck did that have to happen? The other stupid. thing is that, like, make trades more doable. And I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how this gets changed because, like, I have, I'm. Spoiler. I'm pretty good at reading through contracts, understanding like when I'm looking at a deal, like what needs to get done for that contract to get sure. changed or to get like moved. But like, I don't understand all the CBA nonsense. I've not read the CBA by I any chance. I don't think anyone really does besides guys but who are paid to do it. My point is that they're like, make it easier for teams to move players and acquire players. I think the NFL would be more fun. People make fun of the NBA for like, there's no loyalty. Teams move all the time. It's fun. Grow up. I'm sorry. Player movement is fun because you get, you get nothing is static. Player, player movement is fun. The offseason becomes fun. The deadline is more fun. The Whatever. NBA has the best free agency in sports. I, I think more whatever you can do to create that. Is it, is it abolish the franchise tag? Maybe. Is it get rid of transition tags? Maybe. I don't even fully understand the transition tags. Like sometimes like they're, they're a little wonky to me. There's like three different tags that's that like you point. can use to like keep a player against their will. Franchises is stupid. Like, like I, I think like get rid of that, change the league calendar up a little bit so you can have more. Like there's like a legal tampering period and then like, or like make it so you can kind of like look the other way with tampering so you can get the like moratorium ends all of a sudden. Bubba boom, you get all Everything of these all of these rumors and like you've got like Schefter, rap, like all of these reporters just firing off like like Woj has hundreds of fucking tweets loaded up in his drafts ready to go. Like there's a re- like there is a reason why like one day we will get we will get this timing right and we will do a uh like a live show or something during the free agency like moratorium ending because or the NBA. All you gotta do is like stay on Twitter and you'll have like shit to talk about for hours. Yeah. So like that's the kind of stuff I think the NBA need. The NFL needs to more mimic other sports where that can happen. Big coin, Miles. What's a coin? I agree. The NFL has done itself a disservice with the trade deadline stuff, like for years, and we and we know it. But the trade deadline is so. I didn't even know the trade deadline was on I think the last. It's too, I think it's also too early. Push yeah, it, team, push it back like two weeks. Teams don't know so you have like a true buyer seller mentality. Patriots haven't even had their fucking buy, and the and the trade deadline's done. How can you assess a team? You don't have any. Yeah, break. you have too, too many. It's too early. You have too My many teams that are barely like, 500. I wish there was more NBA like trades, player for player trades. That would be, that would just fucking light up the league so much more, too. I feel In the like. NFL? Yeah. Yeah. They never do Could player for player. On. It's player always. Player for player would be so fucking cool seeing like a 
star linebacker, or like a star wideout, go for like a corner for a quarterback or a run. Like, never. When was the last shit. one? Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey. Sure. Oh my sure. god. Sure. If you want to take it back that far, I mean, no, that literally, that literally might have been the last. That might one. be the last one I can like, think. Of. I can't. Like, it's. I wish. I mean, you see it in the NBA all the it's time. All picks. It's all It's always like, oh, we'll give up this star wide receiver for a third and a second next year. And it's like, and like honestly, like I'm, I'm honestly okay with that in the sense that, like, at least the NHL does some shit where it's like move, things. I just think that whatever you can do to get more movement, it, it needs to be less stagnant. I think the biggest stagnant. franchise tag yeah. has to go. No, I think the, tags the NFL have to go. is probably the most boring, like. Watch it. Moves to watch like on in the offseason besides free agency. Baseball. No. You th- you don't baseball think- is atrocious in the offseason. The hot stove? It's so I bad. Mean, baseball last year. Well, last, baseball, okay, I think the last slow, but I think movement. the last I think the last two years. Baseball it's been didn't bad. sign until f- the hot stove. February. Okay, but that's because I think the whole salary and now that's like an, that's owners, an owners trying to like stop. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's five hundred million dollars. Okay, but, but originally that was okay. But yeah, again, you can't. That's more of a fucking recency bias thing where it's like the last two three years it's been slow. Sure, but you see more like when I'm talking about like the moves and all that okay, kind of then, shit. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. It's like you got baseball, more player on player trade. Almost you every year there's a fucking free. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. I agree with that. Okay, so like fine. that's what I mean by that. And then even in the NHL you get more fucking moves, oh, you yeah. get player Michael for just player. Got you exactly, you get shit like that, you get more free agency like crazy moves, Petrangelo going to like Vegas or you get like a couple Hall, of years Hall ago fucking, fucking the Bruins midseason. Yeah, a couple of years ago Varlamov going to like Florida. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like who I think it's just different shit like that. I, and then I, in basketball, part of it's it always part it's, of it I understand with the NFL is like because like, like with the NBA, it's like the rosters are so small that like you do need like the thing I think what's cool with the NBA and that stuff is that like you there's always the first domino that has to fall in the offseason. It was Kevin Durant a few years ago, and then you had to figure, okay, well, Kevin Durant went here, so now the other stars are going to go to these teams because they're no longer in the running for this team. And like, there's always that domino has to fall. And I think that leads itself to like, who's going to win this sweepstake and the, this sweepstakes. And then who's going to get the runner up prizes yes. that doesn't happen in the NFL. Part of it's a roster with the way the rosters are issued. Like there's 53, there's 53 guys, there's different positions. Like you might really be in the running for a wide receiver, but also still be in the running for the corner. Like that's fine. But at the same time, like whatever you can do as a league to like have the sweepstakes style free agency of like who's gonna win like this was all the who was gonna win the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. He was the guy that was available that everyone wanted. That's what needs to happen more in the NFL. Zach, you've been rubbing your hands, getting gotta, all excited. I gotta take coming up in a different sport. All right, so you're take all right. I'm done. We're all done with this. I got coins. Keep, Here go. Uh, can you talk for like just like a like twenty more seconds? Real quick. I mean, like. Uh, uh, I well, guess, what do you need, man? What do you I'm, need? I'm Googling a stat. You okay, Google your stat. I, that, that's my only thing. Is I think that they Got need it. to get the movement. Player movement makes it more fun. Go ahead. Ruins. Ruins. Y'all wanted Rask on, huh? Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask. The boo-hoo Tuka crew. You like that, caller? You like that? Rask is going to win you anything. Yeah. Sorry, you don't have to turn me down. I'll stop yelling. Really? Y'all wanted Rask on, right? Rask was good last year in the playoffs with a torn hip. This team is not good this year. They're not good. They're, they lost Krejci. Everyone, I want Krejci gone, that soft fucking European. Jesus Christ. Well, how about you just get him a winger? Oh, they got him a winger and he was the leading point scorer after you got him Hall. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my God. And Rask, oh, man, he's top five all time in save percentage. And he won a Vesna. And he's routinely one of the best goaltenders in the league. Oh, get him out of here. 
choking dog. Boo. So how do you like the goaltending tandem now? I am a gigantic Jeremy Swayman fan. Everyone wanted Swayman to be the starter last year after we saw his little spurt um, as when he came up from the AHL. This year, he's a 906 save percentage and a 2-2-2 goals against average. Goals against average is a little rough because um, you go by save percentage because it's more about the volume of shots you face than goals against. Save percentage is .906. Not good. Not good. And I don't blame Swayman. This defense is not good right now. The defense, you have Derek Forbord on the first pairing with Charlie McAvoy. Grizzlick has not been himself. You have Clifton playing like fucking big minutes as a second pairing defenseman. Like uh, Mike Riley's not been great. Don't worry, I'm gonna. You can. I'm gonna forfeit my time to you all because I don't get nesting with you. Today, I haven't watched so I a lot watch. of the Bruins this year because I've been a little busy with school and stuff. Um, but I've had this take brewing, and then Linus Olmark, who they gave like five million a year to, Dude. for three years, three hundred one goals against average, nine hundred three save percentage. I mean, the 903 isn't awful. No, 903 is bad. No, I mean, like, it's, it should be above a 920. Yeah, I know. Above it should. Okay, but I'm saying the thing that really sucks and sticks out there is the three fucking goals against. That's go- fucking bad. I don't dude. even, like, that's, it's bad. Three, I think three, the, the three goals against, to me, is worse than the 900. If this guy was under, and he's fucking damn close, obviously, he's .03 away from being under fucking 900, but... He's keeping his head above water. If he was anything under that, then yeah, that's a problem. In general, those numbers suck. Both of them, they suck. Suck, suck, suck. And Swayman, yeah. Obviously, like Zach said, there was this whole hype train behind his little hot streak. And, and I don't think it was, was a hot streak. I think he's him. fine. I think he's uh, yeah, a really I think good he's gonna prospect. Be, I, but that's the thing. I think I think he's a, he's one of those things that uh, any NHL players here, he's a fringe starter right now. That's what he is. He's a fringe starter. That's what you have. Do you have two fringe starters as your number one and your backup? And that's not a good fucking recipe. So the even strength save percentage leaders this year for the for the NHL: Sergey Bobrovsky nine fifty six, Jonathan Quick nine fifty five, Mackenzie Blackwood nine forty seven. Some of these are low games played. I'm aware because they're backups. Some of them: Carter Hart nine forty seven, Jacob Marks from nine forty five, Yaroslav Halak nine forty four. I didn't want to keep Halak. I'm not worried about that. Uh, Frederick Anderson nine forty four. Elvis Merlinkus, 944. Jonathan Bernier, 943. Ilya Soroka, 942. Connor Hellyabuck, 941. Jack Campbell, 940. Goaltenders are good in this day and age because they've increased the pad size and they made it harder to score goals, yada, yada, yada. These boys should not be letting up fucking three. The nine, you cannot have 900 flat save percentages. That's not good. That's not good. Was that Swayman's even strength goal percentage or save percentage? Because um, you were saying, I thought you were saying total to start. Uh, I was saying total. I probably, Swayman's even is 907. Not good enough. That's 46 okay. in the league. That's 46 in the league. Linus Olmark's below that. Linus, Linus Olmark's a 904. He's 48th. They've been well below. There are 30 starting goaltenders in the league. That's pretty... Or no, this is, yeah, 30. Right, there's 30 teams. 32 now, because they have Vegas and they have Seattle. Seattle. 32. There are 32 starting goaltenders. Both your goaltenders are below the starting level. Which I don't... Some of that is on defense. Like, I don't expect Jeremy Swayman to carry... The entire team. He's fucking 22. He's my age. Imagine, imagine putting me in the net for the Bruins this year. It'd be pretty funny. I'd have like a I'd have like a 20 save percentage. But the thing is, you all wanted Rask on, but Rask dealt with these shitty defenses for years. McAvoy is the best he's ever been this year, and even he can't carry this bullshit. I mean, you know you're gonna get a coin from me because I'm I've been Rask like truther. I've been a I've been a pro Rask guy for a while. The thing is, you shouldn't have wanted Rask gone. And Part of me wants to yell at my dad, even though we've had constructive conversations about this, because my dad's been like, Swayman, what happened to him last year? Like, he was, he was good last year, because he let up a couple soft goals the other night, and then, then Omar fucking... I'm not a fan of Omar at all. He's been all right, but he's not 
someone I'd give $5 million so, to. So the only thing I'll say about the Rask, like wanting Rask gone thing, is that like... His contract was a little much. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the issue becomes... The t- like, you have to look at the Bruins and you need to... Ha- like, I think Bruins fans have to look at the team and have a very hard conversation. And I think that has to be with with Bergie and Marshawn and Marshan, are you are you really a team that can compete anymore? No, they're done. They're and done. if and if that's the case, then I can understand the like, okay, we probably should move on from Rask. We got to start the rebuild. That wasn't it though. But that's not what happened. No. And then at that point, you <laughs> need you probably need to move. They should. Be, I don't you probably want to move the guy those guys off your top line and like maybe get something for them and let them go play somewhere to get a ring. So I don't know if like, I let wanna, them let them go. I don't know if I want to move anybody yet. They were just. I was reading the uh, the athletic power rankings. I'm I I am a huge proponent of this with every team. I think we. If you're not a contender, move it and blow it up and get moved. Exactly. Yeah, I, I get, think I, I am. There's there's I get clowned for. I've been clowned. I don't think I've been clowned, but I think like people have tried to say, oh, where's the loyalty? Where's that? I look at the 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 epitome of this for me. You look at the New York Football Giants and how long <laughs> they cling. Eli's corpse. Yeah. Instead of saying, we need a "Sorry, not sorry, you're not an, you're not good enough for this. We're not we're not competing. You're old. We need to hit the reset button and just let him go." They didn't do it. John or or even trade it. him a little early to maybe get him to a team that just needed like serviceable, smart quarterback play and not have to carry anything. Nope, nope. We're gonna. It is what it is. They they kept them and then they've been shit since. So my thing, I I think if you if you do not think it's in the realm of possibilities for your team to compete and you have extremely talented breaking news, uh, Robert Woods tore his ACL apparently. Um, what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no. uh, Odell's now number two. Oh, no. Odell's wide receiver two. Did Mike, he you- know that? No, Robert Woods just told him to come to the fucking team. Oh, in practice. I, I mean, I just got a message about it. I'll confirm it. But my point is that if you're not competing, trade them. You need to figure out you need to figure out what your next step is. And if he tore his ACL at practice on yesterday. Oh god, that's Oh, yeah, breaking news curse. 2 minutes ago from Shafter. Yo, Del Curse starts. Oh, good now. thing they got him. But my thing is that if you if you know that that's not in the realm of possibilities, you're only hampering the long-term plan of the team by clutching to your aging stars that can't carry you. So, I agree. I don't, that, I don't want them to leave, but at the same time, it's like, if you want to hit the reset button and rebuild, getting assets for them is objectively the right thing to do. So, um, I'm not ready to give up on them yet, because there was literally a couple days ago, I was reading an, ath- the athletic, an a- article from The Athletic. Yeah, I mean, I might be off base here, because I, have, I haven't watched. They were sixth in power rankings. They're still a good team, but they're not a contender, and part of that is the goaltender play. They don't have a goaltender good enough to carry the bad defense anymore, and they've had a bad defense for a, a decent bit now. They haven't had a strong enough defensive corpse since I don't know when Char was in his prime. When Char was serviceable, like serviceable enough to be like a top pairing guy with Seidenberg and all that stuff. Like they haven't had a good enough defense for that. Sorry, kick the thing. Um, I think the last time they had a, a good enough defense to get to the championship to get to the Stanley Cup final was when they got to the Stanley Cup final against the say, Blues. Yeah. And even then, Rask was out of his fucking mind that year. He had one of the best runs in NHL history. So the thing is, you all wanted Rask gone, and now that he's gone, the team is not as good as they once were. They have Hall. They don't have Krejci anymore, so that reduces how good Hall is, because Coyle is not David Krejci. I don't care how bad you think David Krejci is. David Krejci is not bad. David Krejci is a playmaker who needs a winger to pass to. 
You got that with Hall. Hall scored a shit ton of goals. Krejci scored a shit ton of points, and they were good. They were the best team in the in the league after the yeah. deadline last year. Rask played. I would like to check Rask's save percentage, but it might take me too long to figure it out. Um, I mean, I, I already gave you a coin. Uh, Miles, where you at? Rask's, coin. Rask's save percentage last year in the playoffs was more than good enough on a torn hip. Rask was never the issue, and I and people finally, I hope they're finally fucking realizing that because it pisses me off all the time to hear people talk about, oh, this team, Swayman and, and Omar, I thought Swayman was ready. Why don't we give Swayman's job to Rask? Thinking retrospectively, he's 22. He was Spoiler, not he wasn't ready. ready. He wasn't ready, and he's not ready now. I'm not saying he will never be ready. I'm a huge... Could you imagine you and I playing in the fucking NHL? That's what it is. We're 22. <laughs> I'm a huge Swayman fan. Fucking freak out if I saw P.K. Subban or fucking Alex Ovechkin or Team fucking like Tchuk or fuck anyone. Eichel. Like, holy shit. So, Crosby's coming down on you? Are you shit? McDavid I'll, the other day right, is coming down McDavid's on you? Fine. Are I'll, you shitting me? I'll stone Crosby, but I'm fine with McDavid. All right. Uh, but sorry, don't mean to drag this on, but point You've is... been dragging. That wasn't time. me. That was part of you with the uh, Giants. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Anyways, Ra- we've already coined you. Yes, Rask was certifiably good. You all suck for wanting him gone. That's my take. All right, Miles, what you got? Uh, the UFC fighters don't get paid enough. Okay, That's agreed. That's my take. Uh, Joe, I'm not sure if you know the salaries I and don't. how this all you, works. You started with UFC. You knew the answer was I don't know. Fights, so, kicks, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts. Uh, they don't make a lot. And you could say that they don't make a lot for per fight. But if you put it into perspective, if you fight three to four times a year, you make the same salary three to four times a year. So, so for the two main event guys, they each made half a million respectively. Last, last fight, Half a right? million. Kobe and Colby Kamara. and Kamara. The main event. So they're the, making like two million a year. The, the pound for the pound. top guys. The, if, you, if you fight enough. The pound for pound. Best fighter. Number one fighter in the entire world is supposedly making five hundred thousand per fight. Also, win bonus. Can win I? Bonus. Can I? Can I ask a quick question while like, I want to look something up? What was the What was the UFC fight number? Two sixty eight. I'm all, I'm currently on Sports Zion, which gives you the base salary, win bonus, performance bonus slash pay per view revenue, incentive pay slash sponsorship. So here. Here's the these are the two chicks. This is the co yeah, this is the co main event, Joe. You ready? Hundred and ten thousand dollars for the chicks who fought in Rose the co main event for a championship fight. Yes. Absolutely. You had to pay. It was like seventy bucks. Hundred and ten thousand for the base salary for this this girl named Rose Namiunis and a hundred and ten thousand because she won the fight. Then she got forty two thousand in incentive pay slash sponsorships. So in total she won two hundred and forty or she won like two hundred and sixty two thousand dollars. That's how much she earned for that one fight. And then somebody go back and So taxes. she fights, she doesn't fight that much. But if she fought twice, she'd make $460,000 a year, which. Not enough. Yeah, that's, that's a lot for a fucking a normal person. That's obviously above, like, the one. They're kind of in, like, the 1% somewhat. Not really, but, like, they're making enough money. But it's like, people don't put into perspective that, okay, these guys are making $300,000, $500,000. But all that money also goes into their bodies. That also goes into training. That also goes to their coaches. That also goes to any bills or any of the other shit that they have to pay for. Cars. It's just like there's so much other shit that people don't like put first. Schroeder's probably making more this year alone than Nami Yunus has made in her entire career. Yeah, maybe. Schroeder's making like six million. I mean, again, in a lot of these guys, they make a shitload of money on like on sponsorships. Like Monster is a gigantic sponsorship that obviously the UFC has had for a while. 
UFC made nine million dollars, nine point nine million dollars yeah. in gate revenue yeah. alone. Yep. yep. That yep. was just that was just that was just prices. ticket prices. Mm-hmm. They didn't even and, and mm-hmm. they get oh, millions of views on. So I could not agree. I more. can't hit that coin enough. So, I want to say something. Miles did. Go ahead. It, it aids to your point. Go ahead. John Jones, while he's been troubled with PDs, cocaine, stuff like that, like off the off the octagon issues. I was gonna say off the field, but just outside of fighting issues, he is not currently fighting. Partly because he's he is by the way looked at as probably the goat of the UFC. Somewhat, he's top three all time with like GSP. Miles, like I'm that. looking at you because I'm trusting Silva. No, I mean John. Is, Jones no, is, is he talking no. about his ass? Jo- no, he's not. Okay. I mean, John Jones. I just John Jones, Chandler Jones's brother. Yep, I knew that. Is, surprisingly, is probably probably the pound for pound. He's really the pound for pound number one fighter in like the world. If he's not an, he's not a fucking dumbass and doesn't like have issues so, off or out of the cage. He's the goat, roughly top three all time. We'll put some other guys in there too, but he's in conversation for the goat. It'd be like he has not fought because they will not pay him enough. That is like the NFL refusing to pay Brady. Or like the Patriots refusing to pay him. Something because, like that like, because they don't want to pay him enough and now John Jones is not fighting. It's because like they, that. Because they keep trying to give him like 500000 a fight. And yeah, he's like, I'm, be, I'm worth the, so much it's, more it's than part of the, It's part of the way that the revenue deals are split up and how much they're willing to pay players. Let's put it yeah. this. The last thing that I think it came out and who knows if like how much is actually factually correct, but I think he, he asked for $2 million to fight this fucking dude named Francis Ngannou. Who and is, Ngannou's a huge draw. He's well. like, he's basically like, he's the def, he's like, Mike Tyson of the UFC, like where it's like you go into a fight and it's probably gonna last a minute because he's just gonna end up knocking someone out. He's like huge. that's look up Francis Ngannou real quick for the us. guy, <laughs> France the same Francis Ngannou character. He hits he hits as hard and this is all done. He hits as hard as a like I think a Chevy like a semi some like semi truck going like X amount of speed. Like he hit like it's or a sledgehammer, a twelve pound sledgehammer. Full force over someone's head is how hard he, like, this guy punches. That's how much force he generates? Damn. So, John Jones asked for $2 million because, one, John Jones is going up in weight to fight this guy. Like oh, that guy's huge. He's gigantic. He's like 6'5". So, John Jones, he's like, all right, I'm going to go up into his weight class, and he's already done this. He, he vacated his belt and his weight class at 205 pounds. So, he's going up to the 265 pounds. With that, that weight class... You can be anything between 205, you can't go over 265. So people can weigh in at 230, you qualify. People can weigh in at 210, you qualify. People can weigh in at 264, and you qualify. If you go 265 and a half, I think you're fine, but you cannot go 266. You start to Mm -hmm. forfeit your purse after a while. So John Jones is trying to properly bulk up, make weight, get bigger, all this kind of shit. And then again, there's all this contract shit where he's like, I want $2 million or whatever. Right, right, I'm right. pretty sure it was the price and Dana was like... Not a chance. You're, you're like, they, like had, they had back and forth, like not happening, not happening, whatever. And that is what it is. But Conor McGregor, he's another guy. He makes a fuck ton of money. But a lot of it now is like he just, he has his whiskey. And, and he also yeah. just sold it for like, I think like 800,000, like I think like almost like a... Or actually, I think it was like eight hundred million or something yeah, like that. It was, it was way like over that. It fucking was a shit stupid. Ton. He made so yeah, he uh, made the most. He made he made his biggest purse fighting Floyd Mayweather in boxing. But UFC doesn't pay enough at all. Yeah, it's like he literally, and that's why like a lot of this shit is, and like people are these UFC or like old UFC like or MMA guys are going over to boxing is because they're like, oh shit, I can make a million dollars boxing. That's more than any check I ever made fighting in 15 years. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I am with you. I, it's ironic you brought this up because I was actually listening to a podcast. Granted, this was this was golf-related, um, but it's and similar in the sense of like it's an individual sport that the players are pissed they're not making enough is 
there's like risk of a Wait, is this your take or is this no no i'm just commenting okay, okay. similarly like there's a risk of like a pga like a golf breakaway league that's trying to form that's going to be like we will actually pay the players more money and like the players will get more say and more play more like more money it'll yeah. be a better product all this because like the pga is like fucked and they don't play it they yeah. like the revenue share of how much money they generate because they're a nonprofit and how much of it goes to the players is not enough. So it's just interesting you bring that up. It's like a very similar, I wonder, and like boxing seems to be that like this is the breakaway for them to get out and make more money. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And that's why like people are kind of shitting like the YouTubers and all these other like social media people are trying to get into like this whole boxing thing and boxers, like people who have been fucking training since they're five and mm -hmm. like now they're trying to make their way through. They're seeing these other dudes like Jake Paul or fucking TikTokers or... Like any of these other dudes, athletes that just like yeah, want to fight like, Jake Paul. They just, it's just like, all right, he's. I mean, and good for him. I mean, Jake Paul is, takes it seriously. He's a legit fighter. They're making like, money. He's yeah. a box. He's a legit boxer. But like at the same time, it's kind of fucked. But either way, um, I will say this is the one thing though that as much shit as Dana White and the UFC gets for not paying their guys correctly, he was on part of my take, and he said that there's a guy on the prelims which isn't even the main card, obviously, mm -hmm. that gets paid $750,000. So that's my... Yep. This past one or this upcoming yes. one? There was some guy on the prelims. You didn't this tell who? No. But that's my point. So as much as there are reports where, all right, they make 500000 because this is the base salary, sure. But Dana White, the guy's worth billions and billions and billions True, of but dollars one of those and like he makes top your top guys have to be paid like they're your but top that's, guys but that's what i mean and they probably are more so than public maybe the more people okay. actually know or that the ufc leads on because if he can come out and publicly say that i don't think he has any issue because if that's not true prelim guys are gonna be like what the fuck because that and then that goes on more so to like you think about it okay if he's willing to say that and be open and be like there's a guy on the prelims that i pay seven hundred fifty thousand. That probably means that a lot of the guys on the prelims are getting paid probably a good solid six figures, most of them. Which yeah. is unusual. For what, and, what well, if, if that's the case then, Kamaro and Kobe, again, the two guys that were in the main event last, year, or last week, if they were getting 500000 that's probably, again, that is the base salary. But that probably doesn't, that's not every little thing that they're getting. They're, they, get, they get the gate per, like they get some of that shit. They, they get, get a piece of the gate. They get a piece of like all like the tickets that are sold and how much they sell. Like they all get little pieces of like yeah. They get it, a fight of the night purse too. That too, where you can get fifty thousand dollar bonus or seventy five k bonus, or you can get uh, fight of the night, which is like hundred or five hundred. Like there's all these little things that Dana sprinkles in and will throw here and there. But at the end of it, it's kind of just crazy because yeah. Again, you look at all these other sports where it's like the NBA throws around fuck. Like you said, Dennis Schroeder gets. Six million dollars, and he's a guy on the fucking end of the bench. But it's the like end of the some bench is strong. He's playing. But I know, but he's not like a starter. you, six, a six man type. Okay, guy. but casual fans will see like I don't know. They see like a guy who's making six million in today's NBA. I mean, you look at the contracts like the, like Kelly Olynyk got like eighty fucking million dollars, like stupid shit like that. And his Cantor's not, making like, a couple million. He hasn't yeah. played a minute this year. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's just like crazy. But yeah, the UFC has to pay. UFC more. fighters. There are also guys though, like that have, and I don't mean to continue to drag it, so I'll make this quick. But there are also guys that again. If you put that into perspective, though, okay, if you fight three to four times, you uh, three to four times a, a, a year, it's like, okay, cool. So you get, or three times, right? You fight three times, you're working three times a year. And there's guys that fucking work like 
blue collar like jobs like in electrical fields or fucking carpentry where they're working at six in the morning oh, and then they go yeah, like yeah, this yeah. other I mean, any, shit. Anytime and it's you just compare, like, anytime you compare the money but professional but athletes are making to like the common man, it's, it's, yeah, a, it's such a I weird mean. out of sync conversation. But that's what I mean. So like a lot of, for like any of the UFC people to be like, well, I don't make enough. It's like, dude, like, you fight three times well, a year, so the, and then it's the question like, becomes, I guess, if how you, much they put on the line and they're putting their bodies how much, in legit Also, how much, money, how much money are they spending on their body? Like I will Russell say was, Russell UFC, doesn't spend like a million plus a year just on his body yeah, alone. UFC also is yeah. very, very fucking good with taking care of their fighters, though, medically and like with the the whole plastic surgery thing when yeah. they get huge fucking cuts or yeah. it, it just makes like you wonder how much money like, how much of their own money have they spent on training healthcare and then, yeah and that's where and if because if they're spending a million bucks a year it's like okay well then you're only taking home like what maybe five hundred k right so some guy makes two hundred thousand your coach gets fifty k okay you're one hundred fifty thousand right there then you have bills to pay and then you have like uh, some other shit that you uh, it's just, just like, like little expenses things it's just for like, the yeah job. it's like at the end of the day it's like i only come out with fucking 60k out of the 150 that i made it's like all my other like money is going all on expenses that i yeah. have to fucking pay for yeah so it's like that's not a way that someone can fucking live Joseph. sucks all right Joe? uh robert hunt that is the offensive lineman i was gonna say excuse me <laughs> robert hunt is the offensive lineman that Caught a pass from Tua on Thursday. Big boy. Ran it in. Would have been in if it counted, but it didn't count. Everyone's having fun with it. Oh, big guy had his moment. That's awesome. This was like the best play that never counted. Blah, blah, Why the fuck are we celebrating this? I haven't paid attention to it at all. It was a slip screen to Miles Gaskin that he either, that he caught instead of Gaskin and tried to run it in. First off, you know you're ineligible. You're a fucking lineman. First and foremost, like, I don't care the whole like it was a broken play. Like no, 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 no. Let me. You watch that play over. You you watch replays. You watch the other angles. Miles Gaskin, the maybe, probably couldn't catch it. He probably wouldn't have caught it. No, he would not have. But the reason why he didn't catch it, if depending on Hunt, there's two things that could have happened. Either a, he could have he chipped and then slid. And he, the guy he chipped is the one and didn't really hold on to very long and then decided to, to slide. And instead of going out and blocking like the rest of the linemen that slid, he turned around and was watching Tua. Fucking, first off, don't do that. Yeah. So don't do that as a lineman. Don't do that. You should be out blocking. The guy that he let go of and then to then turn around and do nothing besides catch a ball that wasn't meant for him was the guy that with that gas and got hung up on. So you block him longer like the tackle did. And like maybe, and maybe you only slide two linemen. Gasker probably scores. Oh, it's a walk-in touchdown because he's actually a, a running back and can move. Your your lineman scored. Yeah, you're bad. telling me that your would have scored. You're telling me that your running back wouldn't score. <laughs> walk-in touchdown if he does that. <laughs> I'm just like, what's going through the, the other, guy's mind? The as other he thing it? is if he Probably the fucking greatest moment of his NFL. If he or slides like quicker and lets him get past him, like make him make the guy like actually think he got by him and isn't there to hang up Gaskin, and he's out blocking with the other lineman. Miles Gaskin also walk in scores. The fact that we are cel- people are celebrating this. The Dolphins have it on their facility. The Dolphins uh, ha- fucking unserious they painted, franchise. They painted their elevator. Yeah, they put it on the they elevator wrap. It's the picture of him upside down. The dude committed a penalty. <laughs> it's a penalty. That's like no matter what, no matter how you look at it, it is a penalty. That's like the Steelers hanging that interception of Brady a couple years ago in the regular season, and they hung it in their building as the interception. They missed the playoffs. It's, it's <laughs> like the Colts saying that they won the AFC division like oh champions. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's liter- it is literally he, he committed a penalty 
And he unequivocally, no matter how you look at it, we got Robert Kraft in there. unequivocally the sweetest, did not do what he was supposed to do. No matter did not how have you relations look at it. with that woman, because he turned around and looked at the quarterback, which he is not supposed to do. Oh. He either didn't block the guy long enough and Gaskin walks in, or he didn't do a good enough job of like letting the guy get past him and go into the into like the flat to block. Speaking of not blocking long enough, so far. the best case scenario out of like him fucking it up is that he bats it down and it's an incomplete pass and there's no penalty. Ready? I'll give you a Zach take real fucking quick. Fucking clueless. And I can't believe we're celebrating it. Speaking of uh, not blocking well. How about Isaiah Wynn? That's Jack. Nah, that's you, bro. What that's did I do? That you're all you. fucking always. Everyone, so what's up with the Celtics? Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn? Well, was fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, way he, the, way he yes, the way he phrases Dennis shit. Schroeder. Sorry, if that yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. said, Zach loves yeah, to Zach fucking come in with a comedy bad, act. His bad stand up. What's <laughs> up with the heat? Dennis Schroeder. More like the Celtics should definitely be. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we're muting you, brother. So, yeah, man. No, what about that play, though, huh, guys? No, but that tweet kind of banged. Not really. It did um, well. Anyways, that's my issue with it. It is sick. it is a penalty. We are celebrating stupidity. That's funny. And I'm like, why is this Hell getting yeah. national? <laughs> like, I get it's funny, but like analysts that are freaking out over it, like, stop. Be better. Gross. Miami, you are unserious. That's cool. All right. Well, let's be adults. That was a solid fucking. Uh, what was that hour? hour and a, about an hour and a half. That was a solid pod. I said lightning round. We still went another hour and a half. <laughs> no hour. Another, I mean, another, hour. another half hour. No. Yeah. 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 Well. Next right, week. Well, hey guys. I'm Happy on Halloween, Twitter. everyone. November 13th. I'm on hey, I'm on Twitter now, guys. So Miles watch out for my tweets. Watch out for more tweets. Uh, Miles will sign it. See you next guys. week. Love you guys. Big Market Tees. Another Callahan. See ya. Maybe? Maybe. <laughs>